0: you want to. You don't yeah, have to. That I don't have to cuz I just No. Need to listen. No, and I, I can care what you guys No. Do. And I can uh, I only wear them cuz I can hear you better. Of course. Well, cuz I'm deep. Just, well, so am I. From the radio.
1: And now I can't even talk. You,
0: you have know, to get really close to that. That's yeah, the problem.
1: How, how close do you want it?
0: Like almost, yeah. Yeah. Right in go. my face? Yeah, there you go.
1: What I in your feedback today mm-hmm. with Bill
0: Alred. Yeah, just No, 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 Ken. It's Give me called, a bucket of oats and I'll talk, Bill. Ken, Ken. it's called Stop Chewing Your Cud. It's, it's called The Let's Go Eat Show, not In Your Feed Bag with Bill Allred. Well,
2: I kind of you know. like that alternate title. I one. do, too. I'm not going to lie.
0: Or In Your Feed Bag. <laughs> I like it, yeah. Ken Sanders, uh, Ken Sanders Rare Books. Uh, and nice to see you. It's been a long time. It's great to see you again, Bill. Um, you've been on the show a couple of times, as a matter of fact. And, um, We've eaten our way through the city. We have. And you and Ken, by the way, uh, seller of, of books, both rare and trash, well, I think you would agree. Oh, the Sacred and the Profane. Yeah, yeah any kind of book. Uh, Ken Sanders' rare books on 3rd...
1: Thir- 3rd South and 2nd th- East. 3rd South,
0: 2nd East. I keep transposing those. And little uh, white brick building there that you've been in for how long? Uh, 23
1: plus years now.
0: And that looks like that's coming to an end, which is no big surprise to you. You've known this is gonna happen for a long time, right?
1: Well, for several years now, developers bought up the whole corner, me and the green ant and the rest of the little tiny shops there. And in fact, three developments will take the whole almost the whole block down from second south to third south on second east
0: and and, and uh, you don't and when you say they're either taking you don't own the building so
1: no and I certainly over the years have tried to buy it Ron and I tried to buy the whole corner but unsuccessfully it was never for sale to mm-hmm. us until it was sold out from under us to developers. And I want to make a point here, Bill. I'm not trying to throw developers, per se, under the bus. Developers can, not always, rarely, can do good (laughs) things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm more of the uh, Edward Abbey School of Development. You want? Which is? Growth for the great, growth for the sake of growth is the ideology of the cancer
0: cell yeah I mean that's true do you know what what their what the proposed development for that space is
1: approximately a month ago, uh, the developers went to the public and they held a uh, press conference on the corner and had twenty five design and architectural students from the university and announced a contest for them to research the history of the block and come to them with ideas on what they wish to do with it which is all well and fine except uh their proposed developments are going to push me and the rest of the tenants out into the streets traditionally great cities had bookstore Mm -hmm. neighborhoods in low rent parts of the city Mm -hmm. where we could aggregate and accumulate and have thousands of square feet for little little money that model is gone in almost every city in america today because uh, land banking rising rents uh, affordable places to buy or to lease and that's true on the commercial side and on
0: on the residential side um, so you now i the, when I first heard I, I mean I knew a long time ago, as you did, and you had talked about this, I think we talked about it some years ago, that eventually this would happen uh, that you 'd have to find another spot um, and then i thought i think, thought I saw something where it said, oh, it was all settled. you were going to move to the gateway well i I did have very interesting negotiations with my Uh,
1: real estate agent and the the people at the Gateway Developers, uh, Mm -hmm. Vestar, which were very, very interesting and they were very, very friendly and offered me some lovely space. But, you know, the devil is always in the details. And uh, it, it just became very difficult to see a way clear to do that that I felt comfortable with that would be affordable for me long-term. Yeah. And by long-term, at my age, I might be talking 10 years. Yeah.
0: Well, you got... So, so your options become even... I mean, and you'd rather be closer to the center of town anyway. Well, right? yeah. I mean, it, I
1: don't have to be on Main Street. I don't care about that. In the Cosmic Airplane days, we were on almost a third
0: east and first south. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... But... but uh, but it would be better to be closer to downtown than the gateway. The, well, <clears throat> kind of gateway, the west side is downtown now, maybe.
1: Mm. Uh, anywhere periphery downtown is fine with me. Yeah. The problem is there isn't anything affordable. With the current price of development, real estate, uh, boards, lumber, labor, yeah. it's skyrocketing. So you're going to be looking at $25 a square foot. There's... No way in God's green earth, I can pay a fraction of $25 a square foot. I'm not my role model of doing business, which I've done since the cosmic airplane days in the 70s for the past 45 years is no longer viable. You can't have four or 5,000 square feet for nothing anymore, which means I can't afford to sell three to $20 used books to, to readers yeah. it just it doesn't work anymore it's
0: not economically so, viable so is it just is it just hopeless is the situation hopeless what 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 can we do well you remember the
1: infamous uh hunter s thompson lines from fear and loathing in las vegas don't you bill when the when going
0: the, gets weird the weird turn pro yeah
1: <laughs> so it's it's time for and and because of the publicity uh in the Salt Lake Tribune and a sort of a op-ed editorial I wrote a, a, about it. it, it's not so much about the plight of poor me, poor me, poor Ken Sanders rare mm-hmm. books, but I want to use my experience as a metaphor for affordability and what we desire in our own communities. What do we want downtown Salt Lake City and the, and the surrounding communities to look like 20 years from now? Do we want giant high-rises on every corner with unaffordable housing. And in 20 to 25 years,
0: they're going to be slums anyway. Fourth south is looking like a canyon of apartment buildings that look pretty much all the same.
1: Complete with wind tunnels. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yeah. So what do we want? What do we want? Cities are renowned for having their own unique kind of bodegas and restaurants and specialty unique shops and more to the point, what about arts and culture? Do we care about literacy and books anymore or not? And if we do, we're gonna have to speak up and we're gonna have to put some money in it or you're not going to have unique bodegas, retailers, restaurants, and if I mm-hmm. might, bookstores in the mix
0: anymore. There are solutions. There, are, For instance, has anybody from a development team that's gonna do that block said to you, look, Here's what we'll do. We're going to do our, you know, high end, whatever it is, residential, retail, but we are reserving a certain amount of retail space at at a price that is affordable to a Ken Sanders. That's what I or others like me in our plight would need. And
1: more to the point, these are our taxpayer dollars being spent on all of this. Our cities, our counties, our states, our state just gave $9 million to Amazon and in tax breaks in exchange between the state of Utah and West Valley City, nine million bucks in exchange for a promised 2,000 jobs. Well, in this economy, we have the lowest unemployment we've ever had. Mm -hmm. We have completely unaffordable housing. Is now the right time to do that? And if it, I don't want the discussion to be about, is this a good idea or a bad idea? I clearly come down on the camp of, I think it's a bad idea. However, why don't we have funds, grants, loans, tax breaks for small Utah homegrown indigenous businesses where we give them $500, $5,000, $50,000 to allow them to grow? Where is that fund? It, For the most part, it does not exist. I mean,
0: you can certainly say to Amazon, sure, we'll give you tax breaks, but you need to provide this kind of incentive to to. To, to, to businesses like you're talking about, Amazon could do that in a in a heartbeat. Why do they
1: need even need
0: nine million dollars?
2: <laughs> that was my question. Yeah. Isn't right that
1: there. isn't that a like a day's wage for? They, well, that's just yeah for Jeff
2: Bezos. And, and they didn't pay a dime in federal tax money. So, like, yeah. yeah. And to to Ken's point, I think it's important too because. The Ken Sanders bookstores are the ones that are going to be here in the valley for generations. Mm. And the, the Amazon will come in, right? Like they, they come in while the market's hot, they will provide jobs, they'll do their thing, and then they leave when the market turns down. And they,
1: they're a foreign corporation in the sense they're out of state. Exactly. And they're going to take the vast majority of those tax dollars and revenue dollars with them. They're exactly. not going to contribute. To
0: the state, like we think they are. Yep. Okay, let me ask a hard question here, and maybe it's just an asshole question or a. Ken Sanders selling books on the corner for for 23 years. Um, how has business been over that 23 year period of well, time? It's been
1: up and down. In the uh, heyday of the 70s and early 80s, when the old. Uh, Walden Books and B Dalton booksellers were destroying independence every mm-hmm. mm-hmm. well. well I, I, I have a hard time transitioning to their new names. Yeah. Barnes and Noble, Barnes and Noble yeah. was B. Dalton. Mm-hmm. All right. And Walden Books became um, oh Lord, my memory's going. Uh, but they're Nicole? gone. you know uh, Re- uh, Amazon has already
0: yeah. eaten their lunch. Oh, yeah. So, but when those when when they were in their heyday that uh, it was rough it,
1: it, well for independent new bookstores though cosmic airplane because we were kind of always an alternative store we just fought back mm-hmm. and we could provide personalized service and local goods that they couldn't dream of mm-hmm. and we had community support mm-hmm. and that's what it's going to take it isn't up to me what my fate is 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 kind of immaterial maybe my time has come and gone i'm not going to mm. quit selling books i'll end up in a warehouse uh, you know in my yeah. late mother's garage selling them online because i got too many to get rid of <laughs> that's right yes or i may start building affordable housing out of them on the parking strips downtown
0: do you have any idea how many books you have Ken? uh hundred thousand or so mm. Just a hundred thousand. <laughs> uh, but the the uh, independent bookseller has actually made co- quite a comeback. Uh, I don't know if you specifically have, but I suspect you have uh, in recent years. Oh, yes. Everybody said that Amazon finally, they, they kind of destroyed Barnes & Noble. I mean, Barnes & Noble is still around, and they've adapted a little bit. And Well, they've been bought out by the largest chain oh, uh, in
1: uh, England, mm. which and the head of the uh oh, i'll think of it in a minute the head of that british chain mm-hmm. came to new york to run the new oh. improved Barnes and noble waterstone is the waterstone name. and it, it, but waterstone just got bought out by a hedge fund
0: oh really so
1: mm-hmm. but,
0: but the that's indip- not a good sign no the independent guy guy like you uh, has uh, and uh, tony uh, Weller
1: Tony Weller, third generation mm-hmm. bookseller. Mm-hmm. they moved ten years ago from mm-hmm. their home from fifty years on main Street mm-hmm. and, and to, uh, to trolley square and they do they, they, I think they're doing okay there um, well they' they're hanging in yeah, they're still there and, ten and, years on and,
0: and and the independent booksellers, like you guys, have kind of made a resurgence. Uh, mm-hmm. people have everybody thought that Amazon was gonna you know just destroy all book cell sales and, and sales and they didn't uh, amazon started out selling books period yeah. i've been told books today are less than 5% of their sales Yeah, uh, and, um, and so there's a, i mean there i guess what i'm getting at here is that there is a desire for what you offer
1: there was a period 5 to 10 years ago where ebooks were outselling printed books right. that's completely reversed and uh, people like Wellers, and Bet- Betsy Burton at the King's English that's King, oh yeah, King's survived English. in this town since 78, mm-hmm. 79, just selling new books. These people work really, really hard. They have great staffs of underpaid people that care about books. Think about the that old, old movie of Fahrenheit 451 <laughs> when they burned all the books. And these renegades are out living out in the, the wilderness outside of the, Confines of the system, and they become the book themselves. The living books. Every great, and they just memorize Shakespeare and yeah. Dickens and and Jane Austen and all the rest.
0: Well, speaking of Dickens, I need a copy of Bleak House. Have you? You've got some over there. Don't well, you? the prospects are bleak, but we'll look into okay, it. Bill. thanks. I, thanks for letting I, me get that terrible
1: pun in. You can I, edit it out later. No, it's
0: my pleasure. I love it. <laughs> it's my pleasure. So, so back to what do we want? What do we want downtown to be? Um, what do we want Salt Lake to be? Do we want it to be these cavernous places of, of, of apartment buildings that are going to be crap in 20 years? And from,
1: from the publicity in the editorial I wrote about my own plight, the answer is no. People have been pouring out. Can, what can we do? We'll help. We'll help you move books. We'll give you money. We'll start a GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want you to go away. And it, it, the support has been overwhelming and we hopefully will be in a position to ask what I, Bill, I can't do this myself. I'm a real stubborn pig-headed person (laughs) and I like to think that I can pretty much do anything. Mm -hmm. But the truth is whether it was the Cosmic Airplane then or Ken Sanders Rare Books now, This thing has been built by virtually every single person that's ever worked for me in any capacity and every customer that comes in the shop because they all bring a unique brand of knowledge with them and know things that I don't know. The 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 terror of you will of of doing what I do is you have to have a knowledge that's so far beyond your personal experiences. I have to be able to buy and sell books that I've never heard of, Mm -hmm. authors I don't know, and books I've never read. And there's a talent to doing that. As many books as I have read, for every one I have read, you know, the, the two worst questions in my business that you get are... Have you read all of these books? So I just now I just say, well, of course I have. I'm lying.
0: Absolutely. And then the other one I hate the most
1: is, what's the most valuable book you have here? To me, that's a boring question. Don't ever ask me that question.
0: I hope I have not in the past. Not to my knowledge. Okay, so and I, now I won't because I was sort of wondering.
1: So I can't do this by myself. If, I'm, if, if I can't continue, like I say, we'll go whole up in a warehouse and yep. sell books online and that'll be the death of the store i personally will have a hard time with that because i'm like a beaver with the trees you know i gotta have i gotta have a, like a, a pencil in my ear mm-hmm. and an eraser in my hand and a whole pile of cheap books to price in front of me
0: mm-hmm. and, people, clo- and, and people to talk to about it
1: no, I'd rather do it by myself. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> no, I like no. I, I, uh, when i no, you it's like, my med- form. It's as close to meditation as I'll ever get.
0: But you like interacting with those people who well, come I into your store. I love
1: trapping him in the store and reading him Wendell Berry poems <laughs> or pieces out of Edward Abbey or my favorite. If I really want to torture him, Gertrude Stein. Oh, jeez, taken me a, a lifetime to crack the St- Gertrude Stein code. Oh
2: man, Gertrude Stein. I tried. Once. Come on, come on, see, by and, Bill. And, I will. and try getting that from Amazon. Yeah. Who's oh. going to crack the she, Gertrude Stein code at
1: Amazon? She has a beautiful, beautiful piece on her and Alice B. Toklas driving across the Salt Flats, and oh my God! Really? She, she totally gets it. She totally from one trip through. Just, just an essay. She nails it.
0: Yep. Just an essay she wrote. That's. See, this is what you get from yeah, Ken I Sanders. I Yeah. So, uh, I I mean, what can uh, you? You can't do it by yourself. What can uh, people do to help this? Just just the immediate situation, but the long-term situation of of development without any regard to the the personal aspect of Salt Lake. Um, We
1: hope to be able to be making some. We hope to be able to make some announcements about that in the very new future, future week or two, uh, and we will be. You got some people. For you help. got
0: some people helping you do we, formulate this. There's
1: a potential location. Huh? I never ever dreamed of it. It it it, it just it's. But will that, you tell? Will you tell me
0: off microphone what it is? Yeah. Okay. I won't spread I, I can't, it around. I promise. Uh, there'll be hopefully an announcement mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was, you know, we have a new mayor in Salt Lake. Yes, you, we do. You, I'm looking forward to her administration. You talked to her about this situation?
1: I haven't spoke with uh, Mayor Mendenhall personally yet, and I've emailed with her back when she was
0: campaigning. I think she's sympathetic to this sort of thing. I think she's
1: very pro-small business in this city, and I certainly like what she's doing so far,
0: Um, and I can be a a pretty big critic of the city I live in. Yes, you can. (laughs) Uh, So so, so is there anything people can do in the meantime to, to reach out to, I don't know, city council people, to... Uh, to the mayor just express your support for not just me but arts and literature and when i say
1: art or arts i mean capital a i'm talking about literary arts performing arts Mm -hmm. visual arts poets musicians authors writers all kinds of arts we like to support it all we've done you know gallery shows from local artists like leah bell and trent call to to, you know, back in the day, Edward Abbey and Terry Tempest Williams and Barry Lopez and, and on to ch- the late, great Charles, Charles Bowden, we mm-hmm. had Wendell Berry in the store. We've just we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of events. The vast majority of those events, we don't make money off mm-hmm. of. Occasionally, if there's a new book out and it's a big offer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, do, we do concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to have live music in a bookstore.
0: You have a, you must have a an events and an email and a mailing list where yep. mm-hmm. people can find out about. I know you've got Tom Russell coming in So Yeah,
1: our old friend, fabulous musician. Tom insists on doing the concerts in the bookstore. Tom, let's find a bigger venue. Oh, no,
0: Ken, let's just pack him in a lot like to see him swag. <laughs> okay, I met, Tom. I met him I he's... met him once. He was on our show once, you know, as uh, my partner, Gina Barbera. Yes. That's her uncle. That's right. Uh, he, and he's just like that. And he could he could probably sell out Kingsbury Hall easy. I would think so, here, yes. But no, we got to do it at the bookstore.
1: Extra- I, I learned of his mu- uh, music through Smokey Kelch and Smokey's records back in oh, the early 80s after Smokey left Cosmic Airplane. He said, like, "Here, this guy, I think you're really going to like him. Mm-hmm. And there's this song on this Road to on album called uh, William Faulkner in Hollywood. And he's writing about this drunken old man in the Mojave... Desert writing screenplays to pay the rent, and it's like, who in God's name writes songs like this? Tom. Tom, Russell Russell. Does. Tom I'm Russell. not sure Tom could remember that song to mm-hmm. this day. He doesn't play it anymore. That's, uh, and but he's, he does the most creative things. He's very,
0: and he's very authentic. Uh, uh, has, ten
1: years ago, he used to be on Letterman twice with the song he wrote over a decade ago called. Who's going to build your wall?
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. Really? He yeah. was on Letterman with that. Yeah. yeah. He was, uh, and probably still is, Dave, one of David Letterman's favorite performers of all time. Tom told me a story.
1: It didn't work out, but he tried to hire Tom to come to his ranch in Montana for a
0: private concert. Oh, <laughs> uh, Ken Sanders, uh, so what are you reading now? What are you reading these days? Well, I finished up... Uh,
1: uh, Carlos Ruiz Zafón's uh, latest novel in his uh, uh, the uh, oh Lord his Shadow series he uh, the Shadow of the Wind was the first one in the hmm. quartet. It's
0: Ken's just getting over a bad cold, so
1: it's set in old Barcelona over a decades-long historical period and this young boy comes of age when he's 10 and his dad takes him all through Barcelona down these steps and after a long, long wait, this caretaker opens this ancient door and allows them into the cemetery of forgotten books. And what the boy is told is he is there to choose a book and become its caretaker. But that's not what's going on at all. Mm. The book chooses the boy and i can't say anything more about it but it's four novels long yet some of the most brilliant writing i've really? read in decades Do you th- is there a since since cormac mccarthy's blood meridian
0: Yeah, i know you've always been a, a huge uh, proponent of cormac mccarthy uh, is there any genre you favor when it comes to literature
1: i, I mean i love novels and i love poetry uh people that say they don't like poetry, it's because they haven't ever been exposed to good poetry. I I agree. Uh, We have a lot of really fine local poets here. Two national poets, my my friend Wendell Berry, the farmer from Kentucky. I consider Wendell's writings, and at mid-80s, he's still going strong, 50 years now.
0: Hmm. I I live next door to a fine poet, Jacqueline Oshero. Do you know Jacqueline Oshero? Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, she's my next-door neighbor. She is Wh- she is a, the real deal.
1: Paisley, Rectale, and, and Jacqueline, and mm-hmm. uh, Kath, Katie Coles, mm-hmm. Alex Caldero. Don't oh, dare call him a poet. He's a synosopher. A synosopher. <laughs> that means
0: he's all about the sound of language. Which, uh, in a lot of respects, people would say, and I kind of agree, most poems, you should hear them read aloud. Yes, absolutely. Oh.
1: Uh, our our first two poet laureates, David Lee, the pig poet of Paraguna, and <coughs> and the late uh, Ken Brewer from Utah State. Ken Brewer, yeah. Uh, just we have so much yeah. literary talent here; it's it's astonishing. Uh,
0: so, <clears throat> uh, I guess I guess where we are with this is you you just you, listening to this, you there is an authenticity here sitting next to me, Ken Sanders. Is it just an authentic human. Somebody. I, I've been called a lot of names before, Bill. <laughs> well, when you when you leave, I'll call you something else behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Sanders. Uh, Ken Sanders Rare Books. Uh, what, what's the website for so people can get on and find out uh, what all the events that are going yeah, on dot and...
1: uh, KenSandersBooks.com mm-hmm. or uh, email us books at KenSanders.com. Book stuff. Do you huh? send
0: out stuff regularly or do people? Uh, we st- do
1: a weekly online newsletter, and we don't, we don't bother you with spam. Mm-hmm. You don't hear from us very often. Mm-hmm.
0: So do that and interact with Ken that way in terms of uh, if you want to help somehow uh, with, with this whole idea of keeping Salt Lake unique and local and not just a bunch of big box stores and, and chain restaurants.
1: And and it's important for us to decide what we want. Mm-hmm. It's okay if people don't wish to support me or come into my store. Sure. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's our right. But if it's our tax dollars being spent on these things, for example, I'm pretty sure, Bill, that you didn't vote for dirty air. Oh, wait no. a minute. No. No. No one did because no. none of it wasn't on the ballot. So why do we oftentimes have the dirtiest air in the nation? Who on earth voted for this? Who wants dirty air? So why do we have it? We the people,
0: we're the taxpayers, we're funding whatever you want to call this. Well, you know what's frustrating about that, though, Ken, is that, for instance, the Medicaid uh, gap thing here in Utah, where the legislature kept being so stingy, so stingy and saying, well, no, we can only afford to cover this amount this number of people we can't money, afford money fuzz. Yeah. We can't we can't afford to cover all of the people. So there was this this you know, this huge number of, of people uh, who can't afford health care. It's criminal. It is. And and finally the voters said, well we need to help these people. We can't and so they pass a referendum that says we believe that there should be Medicaid coverage should be for everybody who's who needs it, not just this small number. Of people and the Utah State Legislature then they look at that referendum and they disregard it they don't they, they just say well no but we, we still then, we can it's do time that. to change our
1: legislators it is. we have the power not individually you or me but we have the power to change it and we have to I have to get vote invo- them out. all politics is local
2: get on the
1: school boards get on the
2: city councils have you run con- for something have you considered doing like a, a voting Um, drive, like as part of your Save Ken Sanders Bookstore initiative?
1: Not really, no. We've been very supportive. The the food tax one, mm -hmm. we allowed them to come into our store and sign people Mm -hmm. up. And thank God I would give the credit to Harmon's for putting that one over the top. And that's a perfect example of what you're talking about. Absolutely.
0: That's really, the. I was shocked when when I saw the legislature say, back off and say, okay, we're not going to do this. We'll... We'll revisit it. We'll look at it some more. I was shocked, frankly. But I just think it's so, I think I said to Spencer Cox at one point, the, the lieutenant governor, he said, you know, the, the people don't understand how these things work and we, we can't cover." And I said, the people don't care. They, they say They say, this is what we want. Now you figure out how to make it work. That's your job as legislators.
1: They're supposed to work for us. Yeah. And you know what? They're part-time legislatures. What, ma- what makes them so smart? Why, why did we really move the-, the Draper prison halfway to Tooele? Why do we have an inland port shoved down our throat when we don't have an ocean?
0: Yeah, they're never going to get cruise ships in there. I'm telling you, <laughs> never.
1: Brigham Young tried to breed
2: whales. That didn't go over well. That's
0: right. People... People don't know that. They think you just made a joke. He as, really did.
2: I was going to say, as the producer of this show, I already am, am fearing the emails I'm going to get on <laughs> both of those no, no, he he really did. He thought Look maybe. Read Dale Morgan's The Great Salt Lake. Lake. I believe you, yeah. I, I'm familiar.
0: Breed whales and The Great Salt Lake. You know, getting emails means they're listening. That's mm-hmm, a, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Ken Sanders. Ken Sanders. What, the website again, Ken Sanders. KenSandersBooks.com. KenSandersBooks.com and go into the store. Um, Come and see us. Yeah. Uh,
1: you, you don't have buy, to you buy can anything, buy, you can but buy, you're
0: allowed. You can buy books really cheap there too.
1: We, we have, I can't, the, the system of selling three to $20 used books, given the cost of doing so, my mm-hmm. mode isn't sustainable any longer, mm-hmm. I acknowledge that. But I love selling books to readers. I often interrogate young people how do you know about Franz Kafka? Who told
0: you about this yeah. poet? Yeah. They yeah. kind of stepped back. Wait, wait a minute,
2: who, who are you? Who is this lunatic?
0: I'm Ken Sanders, oh, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were a crazy man. Well, I am Both. Ken Sanders and a crazy man.
2: Yeah. Now buy my books and vote. Mm-hmm.
1: We used to have, a long time ago, in the cosmic airplane, we had an enthusiastic 20-year-old uh, Irishman, his nickname was Seamus, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, why in God's name are we buying so many Ulysses? Seamus, he was about six five, six six, and he would just trap people in the store. You have to buy this book. And he was literally, it was like an exit fee. He you couldn't them. get out of the store without buying Ulysses. He would make them. Seamus, yep. you, I, we appreciate your enthusiasm for one of the greatest impenetrable... <coughs> Novelist of all time. But you got to tone it down I, I, a little.
0: I've tried to read it. I, I couldn't. I, I, I attempted it.
1: It's well, a, it's hard. I came, it was when, in my youth. Mm-hmm. I just finished reading all the Russians. So I tackled Ulysses. Mm-hmm. By the time I got through with it, well, if I actually really did finish it.
0: Yeah. Who remembers? Yeah. <coughs> I think it's I, nice that you'll even admit that you may not have <laughs> finished it.
1: Well, <laughs> I assumed, because I've just read all the Russians. Mm-hmm that it was a multi-generational saga. It takes place, Bloomsday is one day in June, one 24-hour cycle. And that's how long the novel takes place. Or what, a thousand thousand pages? Not three generations. By the time I almost got through with it, it was at least four generations.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've tried to read it, and you read these lines that just flow together and Although, you kind of get into a rhythm, and you go, yes. "This is this is beautiful. This is the I don't know what's That's going Gertrude on here." That's
1: Gertrude Stein too. She was one of the earliest people to ever get Joyce hmm. and yeah. champion
0: him. Yeah. And I mean, you read it's beautiful in this rhythm and this man. And then and, and, and wait a minute, I don't know what's going on here. I just and then you sort of stop. <laughs> I think he, I guess you just have to keep going at it. Just go back on it and do it again.
1: There are things. You know, on this earth and heaven that you and I can't comprehend. Mm-hmm. We've learned this because we've lived a long time. Mm-hmm. And there are things in your life, in my life, whatever you, you can attribute it to God, the devil, whatever mm-hmm. you wish, mm-hmm. whatever your belief system is, but there are things we truly cannot comprehend and that's okay. Yeah.
0: We shouldn't fear that. No. Ken, it's it's always nice. You know, Ken Sanders is the guy who, if you associate Edward Abbey and R. Chrome, it's because of Ken Sanders. He's the guy. You put them put. Them. Well, it
1: was my vision. I could see. I knew Robert a little bit from the sixties, not Crum. well, mm-hmm. but I could just see his artwork illustrating the Monkey wrench Gang. It, it was perfect. It's no. the only book Ed ever wrote that Chrome could illustrate. Uh, And I wrote Crumb, I tried to get him to do it, he turned me down cold. Mm. Well, duh, he'd never heard of Edward Abbey. Sure. The two couldn't be, they were like, you should see the photos of him at Courthouse Wash, Mutt and Jeff. But they hit it off really, really well together. Mm. (coughs) Once I had the genius to send Robert Crumb a paperback copy of Ed's, and then Ed, I wanted to publish it in Hardbound, Ed didn't know who had the rights. He says, Well, Ken, just go ahead and do it. I won't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite work uh, no. like that. <laughs> no, no. But no. I found out he had the rights because it had been out of print for 10 years. Uh-huh. So in 1985, we did the 10th anniversary edition, the Monkey Wrench Gang. We had hundreds of people at the old Cosmic Airplane that I didn't own anymore, the UU bookstore, oddly enough, and then the big party at Ken Slite's bookshop in Moab. Mm-hmm. And. We had a, the group campsite and a dinner the night before. 300 people showed up. We gridlocked the entire park. The Rangers were not very happy with us <laughs> about that. And everybody from Newsweek to People Magazine, hundreds of media people were there. Ernie Buell and I took Ed and They hadn't had a chance to meet, right? We Oh, they hadn't even met. No. That was the day they met, mm-hmm. in this media frenzy. So we snuck them off, if you can imagine this, to the then-deserted, parking lot of the fiery furnace. I'm pretty sure it's never been deserted since then. No. It's a lottery permit to even get in the damn place and uh, we had lunch up in the rocks and we were gonna go on a hike. Ed begged off because he was actually playing hooky from the University of Montana at the time and he had to write a speech because he had to be up there the next night. Mm -hmm. So he sat in the rocks writing his speech and Ernie who makes me look like a little tiny guy and little figure stick Robert Crumb, we take him on a hike through the fissures of the fiery furnace. He he goes in there, he's never been anywhere like this. No, I would think not. And there's this kind of young punk climbing couple in there and this young woman, all that we know is he's in the lead. We pop out of this fissure and this woman is standing there frozen on this piece of rock. Crumb has disappeared into the next fissure And as we come out, we could hear his voice. There you are, thank goodness we found you. We've been looking for you all day long. Your mother wants you to call her right now. And boom, he disappeared. And this woman is still frozen on this piece of rock, staring at where our crumb used to be. (laughs) We catch up, Robert, what was that back there? Shrugs his shoulders, well, I don't know, just I felt like it. And I knew if there was any (laughs) trouble, I had you two Big guy's backing me up. <laughs> that man, truly, his mind is uncensored. We all have filters that usually work. Mm-hmm. Usually. Yeah, usually. Usually. Mm-hmm. Crumb has no such filter. No, no. And that's his genius, but it also... Uh, <laughs> his curse. He, absolutely.
0: Yeah, he got. It. he's gotten himself in trouble that's one, that's a saying stuff. That's part of a book yeah. I
1: started writing. Edward Abbey meets... Our Crumb meets the Monkey Ranch Gang, that I started... In 1989, and I've still
0: never finished. Ha! Well, get on it. It's not like you don't have tons of free time. That's his his announcement, too. There's a brand new book
1: out on Charles Bowden. Oh, is there? With about 36 different friends and Mm -hmm. contemporaries writing about him. I have about a 3,500 essay in there.
0: I didn't know who Charles Bowden, the most fearless writer in America. I didn't know who he was until. Uh, I heard him interviewed on um, Doug Fabrizio's yeah, show, I think, on KUR, West. and I thought, man, this guy's got a. First of all, he tells great stories, and he's got a great voice. And uh, either it was either you or Doug said he should uh, read his essays and his and his books. He's something else. So yeah, he's he was great. Dead five
1: years ago now.
0: Yeah, uh, Ken, we're we've run out of time, but uh, uh, just you know the best, the very best of luck and Thank you, I don't bro. I don't know what else to say other than if I can ever do anything to advance the we, cause
1: we we may well you know we're a lot of people have been offering and uh, if we can find a way to the future
0: call, call uh, on we, me to, we
1: will make a public announcement
0: a uh, call on me to stand in front of microphones and yell at people I can do that <laughs> I'm good at that uh any anything get you need the hell off my grass that's right get off my lawn you can have some grass. Just get off my lawn. Uh, Ken Sanders, rare books. Uh, I, uh, I don't know what else to say other than thanks for sitting with us for a few minutes. My pleasure. Thanks for lunch. I want to thank the uh, Daily uh, here, uh, Ryan Louder, and this fine establishment at 222 South Main. See, here's a. This is a local, local spot uh, in a corporate building, but it's a local spot. It's a, it's a spot run by a local guy. He take and he's doing a good job here. Uh, uh, breakfast and lunch, Uh, brunch on Saturday and Sunday, Uh, The Daily, Ryan Louder, thank you all, as always, for helping out here. Dick Clark, thank you for producing the show. Uh, I think that's it. I'm Bill Allred. Remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double.